G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. There are some disturbing developments that are going on in Canberra. When the ACT government takes forced possession of the Calvary Hospital on the 3rd of July, a crane will be brought in to remove a big blue cross from the hospital and the name will be changed. When the cross is removed, so will the hospital's Christian ethics. There are some things that set a Christian hospital apart from a state-owned secular hospital. And it appears the takeover is because Calvary refuses to perform abortions or euthanasia. The Australian Capital Territory Government is controlled by Labor and the Greens, And along with new legislation and seeing off a court challenge, the Catholic Church-owned hospital is about to be lost by forced acquisition. Well, some thoughts today from our special guest, former federal politician George Christensen. In Life After Parliament, as a Liberal Nationals MP, he's emerged as a commentator on the challenges facing the West. He's now Australian Campaign Director for Citizen Go, an independent, non-profit, grassroots organisation that works to ensure that the views and values of everyday pro-life and pro-family people inform global and national decision-making. George is unashamedly conservative. He's a blogger, a podcaster, a journalist, and even has a degree in Christian theology. He's never been shy to have his Christian values shape his public persona and he's not holding back in his commentary blog called Nation First. I'll give you an address as to how you can subscribe to that blog shortly, but George Christensen, a special welcome back to 2020. Well, thanks very much, Neil. It's good to be with you again after uh, a long time between drinks, as they say. Hey, George, you're no stranger to Canberra. Uh, I'm sure you'd probably enjoy sleeping in in your North Queensland home and not being uh, getting up early in a Canberra morning like today would have been. Uh, you know Canberra pretty well and the issue around the Calvary Hospital, you've been following that. There's some, some deep things to consider, aren't there, around what's happening in Canberra? Well, absolutely. It's fired a lot of Canberrans up, but it's fired a lot of people up around the nation and, in fact, Neil, right around the world because... Uh, What we're seeing here is the state, uh, an Australian uh, territory, but a a government nonetheless, uh, take over uh, property. So this is uh, an infringement on property rights. It's an infringement on religious freedom. And ultimately, we know, despite all that's being said, that this is an infringement on the sanctity of human life itself, Neil, because you... uh, Belled the cat in your introduction. I mean, while they might talk about the delivery of better health services, they might talk about uh, more efficiency and all the rest of the buzzwords. The reality is that this is happening because they don't like the ethos behind Calvary Hospital. They don't like the fact that it's run by the Catholic Church, that they have a pro-life ethos 
and they want that scrubbed out, and they will scrub it out with this takeover now. So the idea of a hospital refusing abortions and refusing to do euthanasia, and that comes from the ethics of the hospital, uh, when this change takes place, is this setting a new precedent? Mm. Uh, when I said a little earlier, this is a conversation that affects every Australian, is, is, am I over-exaggerating here? Or is this something that's localised just to Canberra or ought uh, every Christian organisation throughout the nation be taking note here? It should be of note to every Christian, uh, not just in Australia, but uh, right around the Western world. I mean, if you allow a government of any stripe, and, and this all boils down to ideology, Neil, let's put it all boils, boils down to ideology. And there's many governments across this country right now that hold similar or the same ideology to that of the ACT government. Now, uh, if they decide... Uh, and they get away, they have decided, if they get away with taking over a Christian hospital uh, for the reasons that we suspect that they are wanting to take it over, which is not efficiency, it's not delivery of better health services, uh, it is because they are opposed to the religious ethos uh, that, that, that is in place behind the management of Calvary Hospital. And uh, this this all boils down to when that ethos, when that when that worldview of uh, Christianity comes into conflict with the worldview of the state. And so, if they think that we can scrub this worldview out and replace it with our own, uh, when it comes to a hospital, where do we stop now? We next thing we have uh, uh, what's being taught in Christian schools come into question by the state and forced takeover of Christian schools of course, of other hospitals around the nation as well, where they don't perform abortion and euthanasia as the state now wants them to. Uh, this could go on to aged care. Uh, again, um, right now, the, the, the deal is in states like Queensland uh, that um, uh, they have euthanasia in place and they really do want all these aged care homes to be providing it. The ones that don't, uh, well, they've got to refer people on to... Uh, to euthanasia services if they want it. So in a myriad of different uh, institutions that are run by Christian churches that have historically been run by Christian churches, there is definitely the threat that we could have forced takeovers uh, by governments of all persuasions. George, what do you say to people who think that a Christian-run institution uh, is run just the same as a mainstream secular institution? Uh, because, as I say in that introduction, uh, when on the 3rd of July that crane arrives and pulls down the big, the big blue cross from the uh, roof of the Canberra, mm. uh, the Canberra uh, Calvary Hospital, um, what is removed is the ethics as well that that hospital stands mm. for, the values, the virtues that that hospital stands for. Uh, this is bringing into, I guess, a public understanding that when you've got a Christian-run institution, things are a little different. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, look, uh, I guess that uh, state-run hospitals uh, are ones who derive their ethos, their ethics, their uh, worldview from legislation and from uh, regulations, Neil. That's uh, pretty plain and simple. If uh, a government comes in and changes the law, changes the rules, then uh, the hospital management will change to suit those rules. Private hospitals, uh, uh, as in, you know, company-run hospitals, uh, their motivation is profit. Uh, it has to be. Uh, but the churches generally didn't get into, well, not generally, the churches full stop did not get into the business of healthcare uh, 
or any other sort of institution, education, aged care, uh, to make money or to do the bidding of the government. What they got in it for was um, for the golden rule, the rule that Christ taught us, do unto others. Uh, this is a charitable service that is being run uh, for the betterment of, of mankind and for the glory of God. So uh, that is what is going to be scrubbed out here, Neil, a, a, a charitable service being done for fellow man and for the glory of God. Is there a risk here in what is about to happen to Calvary Hospital in Canberra uh, that other hospitals might even drift from their foundation mission as a, 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 you know, it might be a private hospital. Maybe there is some profit element, uh, but maybe even the thoughts that they might drift from those uh, those foundations, those higher purpose ideals, uh, the presence of God, what makes it a Christian hospital, uh, in order to, in some ways, satisfy what governments Lord, might think yeah. that they should do. I mean, uh, just roll over yeah. if the government comes in and says, I'm going to take this off you. Well, that's entirely possible, but I, I, I think that uh, there might be pushback from many of the institutions that actually run these hospitals uh, and other institutions. Um, the, the, uh, but you're right. I mean, in order to avoid what they think might be, be the inevitable, they might say to government, will you tell us what you want us to do and we'll just do it. Um, that, that, that could be a way that they avoid uh, any problem. And uh, the, the, the problem, uh, avoid a problem of a takeover, but they replace it with another problem that they basically scrubbed their mission, they've scrubbed their purpose for existence. Um, and so whichever way we end up at the same point, uh, we've lost the drive. And the drive was uh, to do a service, a charitable service for your fellow man, for the glory of God. And uh, that would be a great shame in this country because, Neil, it wasn't governments that ran around and set up hospitals and schools and other institutions across this country uh, it was actually the churches that ran around and set all those things up to begin with. Uh, governments came in after the fact. George, you've been a champion over the years uh, for the sanctity of human life. You've stood up for the unborn. Uh, you've looked out for the rights of those uh, children who survived an abortion procedure and just left to die in a tray. You've been a champion of the sanctity of human life. If a government can just easily change a little bit of legislation and then go and take the assets of the church, is this one of the biggest attacks against the pro-life position that we could perhaps have seen uh, at any time in history? Yeah, look, uh, I think that the biggest uh, attack on life was actually the, when governments right across this country, uh, and it didn't matter what shade, what political shade of government, when they uh, brought basically abortion on demand, uh, right up until birth uh, into effect, and, and that is the case in many or most states across this country. But this is uh, an egregious attack on life as well. Now, we've got to remember one thing, Neil. Uh, they, they are saying this is all about efficiency, delivery of better health services. But yet, it was only a few months ago that a, a parliamentary inquiry, an Australian Capital Territory parliamentary inquiry that was dominated by Labor and the Greens who are in control of the ACT, uh, that inquiry actually produced a report and it showed the true colours behind this takeover. That report, again, by, by an inquiry dominated by government forces, 
said that Calvary Hospital was, and I quote, problematic due to an overriding religious ethos. Now, that parliamentary inquiry was all about abortion delivery in the ACT. So that is the issue. For abortion delivery in the ACT, Calvary Hospital has been, quote, unquote, problematic, problematic due to an overriding religious ethos. So they want to take over the hospital. They want to ensure that that hospital is providing, as the state thinks ought to be provided, abortion procedures and, uh, as you've said, uh, possibly euthanasia as well. And it won't be provided while it's under the control of the Catholic Church. And and thank goodness for that. Um, but, you know, if they get their way, uh, 2nd of July, I think, is the uh, 2nd or 3rd of July is D-Day. If they get their way and there's no intervention at a federal level or at a legal level, um, that is what will happen now. That is what will happen. We will have that hospital eventually uh, providing abortions and probably eventually providing euthanasia as well. Are all of the options now finished? Do you think, George? Because there no, has been yeah. a there has been a court uh, appeal against the takeover, and it's been defeated. Um, and so there are, there are some other options, even in this countdown to the third of July. Is there some possibility this could still be saved? Well, the the uh, the church has lost uh, one court case. There obviously are higher courts that they can appeal to. And uh, I, I think they are doing that from what I have seen. I hope that they are doing that because uh, this is a fight that needs to be had right up until the point that you can fight no longer. Um, uh, but there is one thing that could simply make all this go away, and that is if the federal government, which has the constitutional power, uh, could come in and override the decision of the Australian Capital Territory. Um, Australian Capital Territory is not a state. There are no states' rights involved here. It is a territory that exists uh, at the whim of the federal government. And if the federal government says we don't like that decision uh, territory, then uh, that decision is overruled. So the Prime Minister could do that. The Prime Minister could, uh, I think he could honestly just pick up the phone and tell the Chief Minister what's going to happen, and it would happen. Um, But he has squibbed it uh, up until now. Now, this is why I think that pressure needs to be brought to bear to the federal government, to the prime minister in particular, uh, to actually pick up that phone and tell the chief minister this is causing a lot of grief, this is causing a lot of angst for a range of reasons, uh, uh, the least of which, of course, is uh, property rights, um, but uh, which is an important one anyway. Uh, you, you should just put a red line through this and uh, and allow that hospital to continue providing the services uh, that they provide right now. So that's a, a simple thing. And uh, you, you mentioned that I'm now the campaign director for Citizen Go. We've been running a campaign on this uh, for uh, a number of weeks now. Uh, we're going to continue running it right up until um, D-Day. And if there's still hope after the 2nd or 3rd of July, which I think is when they want to do that formal takeover and get that crane in that you talked about, we will continue doing it. Um, We've got an ad in uh, the Catholic Weekly, actually, this uh, weekend, a full-page ad that's um, (laughs) it's sort of one of those ads that smacks you in the face, but it basically says, uh, look, if the Catholic Church-run Calvary Hospital is forcibly taken over by the ACT government, then it will provide abortion services. And we need to tell the Prime Minister that's not on. 
So you can jump online and go to uh, savecalvary.com. Now, I think, just to be clear, you need to have the HTTP right. There's no S at the end. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash savecalvary.com. And uh, you will... uh, uh, you will get that petition up on the uh, Citizen Go website by just going to that address. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. It may even be a shock to you that this is happening here in Australia. Uh, You might like to contribute to our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Our special guest this hour is George Christensen. He's now Australian Campaign Director for Citizen Go. We're talking about the Calvary Hospital in Canberra, the forced acquisition by the ACT Labor Greens government and uh, around issues uh, which you could very, very easily say are pro-life issues. Uh, that a hospital refuses to do abortions, uh, that a hospital refuses to do euthanasia, uh, does that put every Christian institution now at risk? George, uh, let me ask you about some issues around property rights here and who owns the hospital. Uh, Former Prime Minister John Howard's come out swinging in defence of Calvary Hospital. He says the ACT government's forced acquisition is a blatant assault on the principle of private ownership. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, absolutely it is. And look, people uh, who are on the other side of this argument will say, well, actually the government owns the land. Well, the reality is in Canberra, uh, there pretty much isn't, uh, apart from uh, houses, uh, any form of private property ownership in terms of freehold rights. So things are owned by lease arrangements, mostly in Canberra. Uh, The issue is really... That, 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 that part of it's neither here nor there now because uh, what we have, though, is a, a, an institution, a Christian institution in control of a hospital. It owns it for all intents and purposes as far as ownership is defined within the ACT. And what they're doing is via legislation, via the law, forcibly coming in and taking over this uh, with this claim that it's for public good. Now, uh, I, I, I agree that, look, you know, in some instances, governments may need to forcibly acquire some property for the public good, but it really does have to be the public good, not just simply uh, a, a, a violation of property rights because you disagree with how something is being done by that person. Um, when I talk about... Um, you know, governments can come in and, and and acquire property for the public good. For instance, if there is a high or a railway or something that desperately needs to be built, it is going to uh, alleviate some sort of major problem that's affecting the community, uh, then, yes, there may be an argument. Um, but, but there is no argument like this here. There really isn't. Um, this is talking about taking over a hospital to run another hospital. I mean, what sort of argument is that uh, uh, so so it's very problematic and Neil can I just go back to a question that you asked earlier um, I think that uh, Senator Canavan actually this week in fact on Monday this week he brought in a bill to the Senate and uh, he's to be commended for that because that's 
real action here. The uh, the bill, if I just grab the name of it, is called the uh, Australian Capital Territory Self-Government Amendment Bill. And so he's actually trying to do something with legislation. Now, while the government is opposed to doing anything, uh, while it remains opposed, that bill will go nowhere. But there is now a legislative uh, action that can actually happen. The government and the opposition could get behind. And Senator Matt Canavan has uh, has put that forward. And he's a senator from Queensland trying to do something for the ACT. I don't see uh, Senator Pocock or, or anyone else from uh, who represents Canberra in the Senate doing anything about it. And that's uh, very much to their shame, I would say, Neil. Uh, the, um, uh, could, could, I, could I just say as well, the government has the constitutional power, Neil. I want to emphasise that. This is not just an ACT issue. The Commonwealth government has the ability, full stop, to go in and change any decision of a territory government. Well, we saw that, didn't we, in the Northern Territory when the government overruled at that particular time euthanasia issues. And I think uh, they're That's back right. in play in the Northern Territory as well. So the fact that Parliament is sitting this week, how quickly do these things move? And, uh, you know, just someone like Senator Matt Canavan, he uh, uh, puts that bill to uh, to the Senate uh, to put a stay on the ACT government here. Uh, how quickly can that move? Because if we're talking just the 3rd of July as the takeover time, something's got to happen pretty quickly, yeah. hasn't it? Well, it needs to happen very quickly, unless, of course, there is a stay put on it at the court level. Um, if a stay is put on the decision, then uh, it can go on for a bit longer. But uh, while we've got that uh deadline that's just uh, barely over a week away yeah we need uh, action here rather than talking uh, i understand there may, may now be a senate inquiry into the whole thing now that's uh, that's really only going to do something if there is a legal stay put on it because i don't think the act is going to uh, wait around and uh, uh, for a senate to, for the senate to get back to them on whether they can take it over or not um, so uh, while an inquiry is a good thing right now Time is of the essence, and so I hope that the government does, the federal government does move uh, quickly. I hope it revises its decision. That's, again, why we need pressure put on them, and I'll say that website again, http uh, colon forward slash forward slash savecalvary.com. If you can't find it there, uh, go to citizengo.org, and you will find it there. Uh, Petition. That's petitioning the PM to save Calvary Hospital. Uh, from what I understand, the Prime Minister has already given his uh, imprimatur to the takeover, uh, not likely to take any action. So uh, just to pick up and just uh, only a couple of minutes out to the news, uh, you're thinking here that this is a result of a way that governments are thinking about the abortion issue. Abortion at any cost. Uh, is this something of a symptom of abortion at any cost this is the you know the, uh, the the way that things are likely to move in a lot of different different places this is a clash between worldviews neil this is a clash between a worldview that uh, believes that uh, uh, yeah abortion and euthanasia and all of these things uh, are good and wholesome and another worldview uh, that believes that these things uh, are an affront to the divine and uh, Never the twain shall meet. Now, um, at some level, if if 
both of those views were able to go along and coexist uh, in a society that's great. But I think what's happening now is we're eventually moving into this, not just a post-Christian world, but an anti-Christian world, and governments are starting to flex their muscles in regard to this. So it's not now that, oh, we can coexist with these two different worldviews. It's like, no, 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 no. My worldview is going to take over your worldview. Your worldview is wrong, Christians, and you need to submit. And uh, I think that that is what is happening here with Calvary Hospital. George, let's talk some more about property rights here for a moment because mm-hmm. uh, there's something in our Christian faith. There are some prominent words very simply delivered in the Bible, in the Ten Commandments, that link these property rights that we talk about to the foundation that mm-hmm. comes from God himself. Uh, just thinking of the Eighth Commandment, thou shalt not steal. What are your thoughts here as we get into a conversation around property rights and where the church ought to be thinking in these areas? Well, it's pretty pretty clear that uh, property rights uh, are, in a sense, human rights. I mean, that's why, as you've outlined, that they are in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal. Um, and what the AC2 do, government is doing here quite clearly is stealing. They are stealing a hospital, and let's be clear about who they're stealing it from now. Uh, we say the Catholic Church. Who they're stealing it from is an order of little Catholic nuns. Uh, I probably shouldn't say little. They're probably uh, mean and fierce like most nuns that I know. But anyway, it's the, it's the sisters of the little company of Mary. Now, they've been providing health care for Australia uh, probably since, you know, the, the, the convicts were arriving here. Um, you know, uh, 44 years they've actually been running this hospital there in Canberra. So that's who the ACT government is violating the Ten Commandments uh, over. That they are, they are stealing it from a group of Catholic nuns. Imagine if the Indian government decided to take away the ministry of Mother Teresa. Is this, yeah. you could almost align it with that? I mean, you know, how how upset would people be caring for, uh, in the case of Mother Teresa, caring for the poor and the outcast? And this is where these uh, nuns often get their ethos from. It's care for the poor and health care is part of that. That's completely where they get it from. They uh, And over those four decades plus that this uh, service is being provided to the Canberra community, uh, I'm sure that there has been uh, a lot of people who otherwise would not have been able to afford health care that have been afforded it uh, by this order of nuns. So, uh, you know, I, I just... Uh, <laughs> and you mentioned that I spent many a, a time in Canberra, Neil. I've also spent a few uh, sleepless nights sitting in a public state-run hospital in Canberra because something has gone wrong. And I can assure you as a recipient of the uh, of the public state-run health services in Canberra, that leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, I probably would have been better turning up to Calvary and putting uh, my health care in the, in the uh, hands of the nuns there because uh, uh, it, it's chalk and cheese, quite honestly, the delivery from all accounts that I hear. You know, talking about the commandment, thou shalt not steal, uh, the human rights of a person are 
uh, a recognition of each person's inalienable property right over their own being. Uh, in other words, mm. uh, when we talk about uh, whose rights are human rights, uh, the first right we have is that you know George Christensen's body is George Christensen's, Neil Johnson's body is Neil Johnson's. Uh, you own your body, I mm. own mine. Uh, and if you try to do something to me, then you actually are in, in uh, uh, you're actually. Uh, 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 taking over my rights. Now, without getting mm. on a big tangent here, uh, we've seen mm. this happen because I know this is one of the passions of yours and we might not let this uh, overtake all of our conversation, but this is what began yeah. to happen in the COVID pandemic when governments felt the right to be able to have a, a mandate for you to get vaccinations when some people didn't want that. Is there something here in alignment, do you think? Gee, if I was still in Parliament, Neil would call this a Dorothy Dixer. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 you're right. You're 100% right. I mean, uh, again, the worldview of governments that uh, uh, we are in control. We are the, the boss of everything, including your own body. Well, that's not true freedom, Neil. Uh, you know, we do have bodily autonomy. That is a very important thing that we have to have. Uh, in order to be free human beings. And um, governments over the last few years decided that they were going to turn that right on its head, uh, that, uh, you know, that, they'd still go around saying, oh, no, 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 no one was forced, no one was forced, except for the fact that if you didn't get the jab, um, you were then kicked out of your job in some instances, uh, particularly if you worked for government. Um, you were you were you were booted out of your employment. The thing that was putting the bread and butter on the table, paying the mortgage. Uh, you were then restricted from all forms of social life. Uh, not allowed to go to cafes or restaurants or museums or sporting clubs or uh, uh, sporting events, uh, concerts. You name it. It was just closed off to you. So uh, this was a terrible time for human rights, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it just shows, again, when that worldview of government comes into conflict with another worldview, they will just completely and utterly force it. And if I could just put a, a final touch on that now, for anyone that still goes around thinking, oh, no, 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 people had the choice, people had the choice, they just had to uh, face the consequences of their decisions. Well, do you really think that a, a victim of a muggery, of a robbery, is free when the robber puts the gun in front of him and says, your money or your life. Is that a real choice? And that's what happened here. Government put the proverbial gun to the head of people and said, the jab or your job, the jab or your social life. And um, people had to choose accordingly. So there was no choice. Okay, we won't get on a tangent here. Let's keep the yep. focus back on Calvary, back Calvary. Hospital. Uh, and we'll, we'll take in calls too. So let's take a call. Matthew is in Perth in WA. Hey, Matthew, welcome along. Hi. Um, I've got a question for George Christensen, knowing that also in line with Canberra takeover of the, of the hospital. I'm just wondering, WA as well is coming up with and abortion to birth abortion to birth laws. Would that mean that mm. St John Hospital will also have the same uh, circumstances of being, having a takeover? 
Matthew, you raise a really important question here because the Labor government in WA is very strong, a very big majority there and uh, very little voice, I think, from an opposition to even stand up uh, to those possibilities. Uh, Is WA at risk here, George? Your thoughts for Matthew? Oh, again, I think that if Canberra are allowed to get away, if the ACT rather is allowed to get away with what it's doing, then, uh, you know, potentially every institution, churches, uh, church-run institutions, whether it be uh, a hospital, a school, an aged care home, whatever, is potentially in the firing line. Now, uh, I haven't had a good look over the proposed uh, abortion laws there in WA, uh, but if they mirror anything else, uh, like, like anything else around the country, then they probably are going to have some carve-outs for religious institutions. Um, I hope that that is the case. The problem is that the state still, one way or another, gets its way. And so uh, what's happened in other jurisdictions uh, is this. If you're a doctor or a healthcare provider uh, and you have a... a conscientious objection to abortion. Say that you're a doctor in a Catholic-run hospital. Someone turns up and says, uh, I want an abortion. And if you just say, well, I don't do it, thanks, uh, bye-bye, you are in trouble. You have broken the law. You need to refer them to another doctor that does, which actually makes you part of the process that you don't want to be part of. The fact that you have to, you are compelled by law as a doctor to refer that patient on to another doctor who will do the deed that you uh, think is fundamentally wrong? Um, as I said, it makes you part of the process, but you now it's that, 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 that proverbial gun, that metaphorical gun I was talking about, being held to the head of doctors to say you either will be part of this process by the fact that you have to refer someone or you could lose your job. And it's, it's the wrong thing to do, Neil. Matthew, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation, questions, comments, even a critique for our conversation as we talk about Calvary Hospital in Canberra. And uh, as our caller Matthew says, uh, what will happen if that uh, new abortion push in WA goes through it. Will that put some of those hospitals in Perth also in the same boat? Could they be taken over? Well, if you don't have God in the equation, uh, let's just talk theologically. And uh, we didn't mention a little earlier, mm. I don't think, but uh, you actually have a theological degree too, George. So if we're talking yes. theologically here, take God out of the equation and you have secularized governments. Some might argue mm-hmm. that the opposition is just as secular as the uh, the government federally and uh, certainly uh, when it comes to all our state governments as well. So take God out of the equation, mm-hmm. then it really is survival of the fittest and whoever has the power, take what they want. That, that thou shalt not steal uh, is a very powerful commandment. You've got to take it seriously. Otherwise, you've got these sorts of takeovers possible. What do you think theologically about these things? I think that uh, what you've just said is right. I mean, the Christian worldview offers something different uh, that the private profit motive doesn't offer, uh, that also the state doesn't offer. Uh, The state uh, would probably like to see itself as, and I'm talking about governments in general, as uh, humanistic, as following the principles of humanism. But I think that scratch the surface, and you've, you've again, you've belled the cat there now, uh, 
It's survival of the fittest. Now, let me go to some some real life examples of that. In Canada, this is they, they have euthanasia services there, and euthanasia uh, laws are very very liberal over there. You can uh, basically get um, uh, doctor assisted suicide, which is what we're calling, which what really it is, doctor assisted suicide for pretty much anything, including like depression. And there was this news article from a while ago that a veteran, uh, uh, someone who the government had sent off to fight wars on behalf of their country, a veteran had phoned up and was talking to a public servant about all of their problems, uh, complaining because they weren't getting enough support from their government. And that public servant turned around to them and said, well, do you know that an option may be euthanasia? Now, now, this is where we may end up. In order to eradicate the problems for governments, in order to save costs, perhaps you should just go and top yourself. Now, that's uh, a really crude way of saying it, but ultimately that's what's being said now. Earlier this week, uh, the ACL were even speculating uh, that later this year there may be uh, some development in euthanasia laws in the ACT, and I'm not sure whether you know anything about this, George, uh, just throwing yeah. this in there in case you do know something, but when you talk about the very liberal euthanasia laws in Canada, uh, is there or have you heard if there is the possibility of a more liberalising of those euthanasia laws in the ACT? Yes, uh, I, I certainly have heard that. In fact, uh, in a discussion around this issue with the Senator this week, uh, that came up as uh, one of the drivers because at the moment, and I need to be clear about this, at the moment, no hospital in the ACT, public or private, offers uh, abortions. But that is also going to change in the in the near future too, right? So that's part of it. But another big part of it, is uh, the provision of euthanasia services. And as I understand it, that actually is what Calvary Hospital thinks may even be more of a driver than the abortion issue. Well, that's something to monitor along. Hey, stay with the thou shalt not steal concept for a few moments here, because so powerful is this commandment that it has some impact on other commandments. Uh, so when you have uh, some of those Ten Commandments, let me just rattle a few here. Uh, Thou shalt not commit adultery. The thought of stealing another person's spouse. Thou shalt not murder, stealing another person's life. Thou shalt not give false testimony, stealing justice. Thou shalt not covet the desire to steal what belongs to another person, sort of heads off even the desire of the heart uh, when you get to the 10th commandment, which uh, some say you break every time you break every one of the other commandments. Uh, so the commandment against stealing uh, doesn't say uh, what it is that we are forbidden uh, to steal, but stealing is something very generalized here, and you can apply it to lots of different dimensions of our lives, George. Yes. And, uh, I mean, that's that's uh, very, 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 very wise of you to go through that and actually show how most of those commandments are about theft. Um, they are about theft. So, um, 
Uh, I don't know, uh, uh, far be it for me to point the finger at others, but perhaps Andrew Barr and Rachel Stephen-Smith might need to get down to their local church and actually uh, do some form of confession here for seeking to breach the commandment around stealing. Um, but, but I think that you're right. We don't think about those Ten Commandments deeply enough. And it's some of those Ten Commandments are the basis for our laws. They certainly are the basis for Western civilization. Neil. Uh, the ones that aren't the basis for our laws, they're the basis for uh, the good ethics that we would consider holding to this very day. So these commandments are alive, they are well, and they serve a very good purpose uh, on, on planet Earth. That's why God gave them to us. Um, and, and one of the underlying principles, particularly of those uh, commandments at the back end, which are all about doing unto others or not doing unto others uh, bad things, uh, most of them are about not stealing in some form or another, as you have said. And uh, that's something that I think not just people should be abiding by and thinking about, but governments should also be abiding by and thinking about, particularly the ACT government in this instance. This might be one of the weaknesses that we've held, and maybe because we haven't had to draw this out of the cupboard and say this is really important here, because we've often thought about those Ten Commandments being a very personal thing. Oh, that I shouldn't commit adultery Mm. or that I shouldn't steal. We often don't align those commandments with good governance and the formation of a nation, which was what they were about when they were delivered uh, on Mount Sinai. But when you have uh, an ignorance of those commandments in governance, uh, you're actually supporting, which will be the survival of the fittest, uh, one side against another, and who's the most powerful wins. And you've got the potential then for corruption that steals a society, Mm. it steals and robs a society of its ability to progress. Because if you can't own something, why would you have an aspiration to do anything special for yourself or for your family or for your community? It takes away the progress. So if you don't deal with this, it's it's like a nail in the coffin for progress, isn't it? Mm, I think it is. And look, you know, back to the first earliest Christian communities where we know that things were held in common, uh, but that didn't mean that the state controlled it now. That meant that everyone controlled it. Uh, and we've seen, uh, obviously, the great communist or socialist experiment that's gone on in many different countries, particularly over the last uh, 100 or so years, uh, Russia, where obviously failed because um, it was theft. It was theft of uh, people's property, of course, uh, but also theft freedom, theft of their hopes, theft of their aspirations, and ultimately it led to a collapse in society and a collapse in that, uh, in, in that, um, in that worldview, a collapse in the governments that held on to that worldview right around the world. There's only a few countries now that uh, say they're communist, and um, one of them obviously is China, but if you scratch the surface there, it's not really communism, it's just authoritarianism. George, time's run out. Um, Let me come back to uh, Senator Matt Canavan. Uh, He's going to present a bill in the Senate uh, to perhaps put a stay on the ACT self-government 
amendment uh, bill. Uh, so bringing that bill into uh, to try and head off at the pass uh, what is happening, the stealing of the Calvary Hospital. And I know we'll want to monitor that mm. along. Um, the Citizen Go petition that we've mentioned, uh, people can simply Google Citizen, uh, sorry, uh, well, you could Google Citizen Go, but savecalvary.com.au uh, even without the HTTP, it's it's still going to get there because I've just done that. I, but, I would also commend, so it's just to be clear here, it's savecalvary.com. Yes. Uh, that is the Citizen Go petition. savecalvary.com.au is the petition that the Catholic Church is running, and I would commend that as well, obviously. Okay, all right. So uh, listeners might like to try any of those addresses for at least having a little say. Um, other things you might do right now, George, uh, might you call your own state or federal politicians to alert them to what's going on? Uh, what uh, what sort of uh, interest might they have in hearing from constituents right now around an issue like this? If you feel very, very aggrieved about this, uh, and I hope you do, uh, what I would say is uh, get on the phone to your local member of parliament or your local senator, particularly if you're from Canberra, um, but actually don't just speak to the person on the other end of the phone. Don't just send an email. Ask for a meeting. Uh, it's your member, your senator. You're paying their taxes. You're the one that gets the right to elect them. They represent you. And so demand a meeting. Uh, I've got to tell you, there's nothing more powerful than sitting across from you that says, you are my member, and this is what I want you to do in representing me. Just remember that, folks. You have the power. You have the power to actually demand things of your MP. Now, they cannot do it, but you have the right to turn around and say, okay, well, let's just seal the deal. Next election, I'm not voting for you. And that is another powerful tool that we have. These are powerful tools and uh, listeners today encouraged uh, in an issue like this uh, to perhaps make your voice known, not just on a petition, but also with a personal meeting. Hey, George, people keeping in touch with you, uh, I mentioned that you're into, you know, protecting Western civilization. There's some big challenges the West is facing. Uh, this is one issue you like to talk about. There's plenty of issues uh, that you are uh, keeping your followers informed with. Uh, let me point listeners to the Nation First, which is the organisation that you've set up. And this is a way, a vehicle by which you're delivering all sorts of commentary around a lot of issues. And, uh, you know, some of it's pretty confronting. But for listeners to connect, nationfirst.substack.com. And uh, I'm aware that it's a free subscription to that and people will get something in their inbox each day uh, or as often as you're delivering some of your blog notes, nationfirst.substack.com. There's also a website, georgechristensen.com.au. Uh, George, I, I, have I left anything out there? Is there any other ways people can connect with you? That's uh, you've, you've done them all, Neil, and I thank you very much for the time that you've given me today to uh, talk about this very, very important issue of Calvary Hospital. Well, George, certainly appreciate you sharing some frank thoughts and certainly even coming around those theological thoughts about what it is uh, that empowers the Christian and Christian organisations and uh, what to do in some sense here to resist uh, what happens when a secularised society looks to take over Christian institutions. Uh, George Christensen, thanks so much for sharing these thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks. God bless, Neil. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.